welcome to Grief Unfiltered, a podcast about grief and how the fuck to handle it. I'm your host, Jamie Ailes. Thank you so much for listening. If you're new to the Grief Unfiltered community, welcome. This is a podcast about grief and how the fuck to handle it. At Grief Unfiltered, we have real stories, real people, and how they deal with grief and loss every day. As y'all know, if you follow us on Instagram, it is Infant and Pregnancy Loss Awareness Month. So we are focusing this week, dedicating it to pregnancy and infant loss, highlighting some old stories that have been on Grief Unfiltered already. Earlier this year, we had Toby and Jessica share their losses from one was a stillbirth and one was infant loss. And this week, we actually have two episodes dropping. One that y'all already heard. If you haven't listened yet, definitely give it a listen with Mallory and her son, Kobe, about SIDS. She lost her son at the very beginning of Corona. Just what a whirlwind of the year, global pandemic, losing your baby, losing your baby in a global pandemic. And she really goes into that first few months and what grief is like for her. The episode today features Jennifer and her son, John Martin, who also passed away from SIDS. However, this was eight years ago. So we go over how she is doing now. And it's really cool to hear the stories back to back of that first year of grief or first six months of grief in Mallory's case. And then talking to Jennifer and just hear more of the journey that she's had these past eight years, what they do to keep John Martin's uh, legacy alive and what she has learned these past eight years. Jennifer is very candid and open about being a safe sleep advocate, which is something that she has gone actually pushed back on from other moms. And she is very resourceful and gives us a lot of information of what not to do. She believes that John Martin's death was 100% preventable and she wants to save every baby she can by using her voice. So without further ado, please welcome Jennifer to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Of course. Jennifer's going to share her story about John Martin and what she has gone through the past about eight years. So if you don't mind introducing yourself, tell the audience a little bit about you and then kind of dive into your story with John Martin. Oh, uh, well, my name is Jennifer Holcomb. Um, Jen, I go by Jen much. Um, and I'm married to um, an ar- a guy that's in the army, the military, Kenneth. And so we're our military family. And John Martin was our first child we had just gotten married um we got married in august 2011 and i got pregnant like within two months and we were living in alabama and um he got transferred to kansas city so uh, i was about and when they transfer you in the army it's like you gotta go i mean like you have you don't have long and so I was um, about, I ended up moving there in May and I was about 20 weeks pregnant, 25 weeks. I was like halfway through my pregnancy when we moved to Kansas City and it was so much fun. I mean, like we loved Kansas City and I was just so content. It was a great pregnancy. It was my first pregnancy. Um, my husband has two other has kids from a previous marriage, so I do have two stepchildren, uh, but they live in Alabama. Um, so John Martin was due September. He was due today, actually. His due date was oh, September. Oh wow! Yeah, his due date was September seventeenth. 
Wow. And and then they moved it up to September 6th. Okay. So I got, um, my doctor ended up being, I'm from Alabama, and she ended up being from Mississippi. She was from Tupelo, and, like, we just, like, really connected. She was, like, the best doctor ever. I'm still, um, I'm, like, still talk, friends with her. I don't really talk to her, but we're, like, Facebook friends. But anyways, um, and so she was just like the best doctor. I mean, th things were just like awesome. It was our first year of marriage. Um, and so anyways, I was induced on September the 6th of 2012. Okay. The, pre the labor went perfect. Um, I had the best labor and delivery nurses. And then, like I said, my doctor, um, it was just awesome. And then John Martin was born at like 5.46 p.m. It was a Saturday. No, it was a Thursday. It was Thursday. Sorry, I got out of the hospital on Saturday. Anyways, he was just the most perfect little baby ever. I mean, he was just, he was just so perfect. I've never, and my husband and I used to fight over holding him and my mom came there and she was like you can't hold him all the time you can't and I was like oh, but I can't and I'm so glad I did like looking mm -hmm. back I'm so glad that I did but um anyway so um I knew so let's fast forward to like September 21st and I knew the dangers of bed sharing my husband and I we had talked about he was not going to sleep in the bed with us that just we weren't going to do that um, I knew the dangers, but I didn't know what I know now about bed sharing. Not as much as I know now. Anyways, so September 22nd in the morning, I got up and I fed him about seven o'clock and he slept in a little bassinet in our room. That's called, uh, co-sleeping. Co-sleeping and bed sharing are not the same things. Co-sleeping okay. is when the child sleeps in the parent's bedroom, but in their own safe space safe place mm -hmm. which would be a bassinet or a pack and play or anything a crib whatever um so i put him back in the bassinet and he was still like crying and stuff and so i was like well i can put him in the bed with us it's not i mean we were gonna get up like an hour later and i was exhausted mm -hmm. um from you know just having a new baby you're so yeah. tired can only um, imagine yeah, but it's so much, it's such a good, it's, it's such a good feeling. So I put him in the bed with us and he was all um, swaddled up and there was, I thought there was plenty of room. My husband was like way over on the other side and I was pretty much hanging off the bed. He was like in the middle. Um, so my husband woke up like an hour later and was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, he had, there's blood coming out of his nose. And I was like, what? You know, and he looked blue, and it was just, I, I was just in such shock. I didn't know, you know, what in the hell was, I mean, it was just, like, what is happening? And so, Kenneth took him out to our den and started doing CPR on him. And the look in my husband's face, I, like, I'll never forget the look in his eyes when he said, he's gone. Mm. He's gone. And, um, oh gosh, but he still continued to do CPR and I was calling 911 and they got there super fast. Like I could hear the ambulance that's coming. 
and they came busting in the door and um, grabbed him and they like ripped his like little gown thing off and they started working on him and they took him to like our dining room table and they were working on it. And I remember asking, and I was just running around the house, just pleading with God, like, please, God, please, God, please don't, you know, take me. Just please don't let this be happening. This cannot be happening. And, um, sorry, I didn't think I would like get emotional about it. Oh my God. You're so fine. Take your time. I'm so sorry. I really didn't think I would like get emotional about it, but, um, Cause it's been, when did this happen? This happened eight years ago, eight years ago this month. Wow. So I was just like running around the house and I remember the police officer was just like looking at me. Like I can remember making eye contact with several people. Like the look in their eyes was just, you know, you could tell like, yeah, it was just, it was bad. And so they um, took him to the emergency room. They wouldn't let us ride in the ambulance. The police, we had to ride in the back of a police car. Oh, but I remember asking Kenneth, I said, are we in trouble? Right. <laughs> like, what? And he was like, no, 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 we're not in trouble. We're not in trouble. And I remember calling my mom on the way to the um, the ER and just, and she was at work that day. She's, she's a nurse. So she was at work that day. It was a Saturday. And, um, and I was like, mom, he's not going to make it. He's not going to make it. And she was like, he's going to make it. He's going to make it. Are you sure? You know? And I was like, no, mom, he's not going to, because I mean, we could tell, you know, he was gone probably during that hour is when he passed away. And so um, we went to the emergency room and they let us in there and they were still working on him and they worked on him for a little while. And the doctor looked at us and he was like, there's nothing else we can do. I mean, even if we could do anything, he would have brain damage and, you know, and so I was like, okay, you know, I gave him like that. We gave him the okay to, to stop, which was, one of the worst things I've ever had to say, you know, cause they're sitting there working on this teeny little baby mm-hmm. in this adult, um, hospital bed. And oh. just, and I mean, I'm just in complete shock. Like we went from like this cloud nine or whatever. I mean, it's, we had just had the best two weeks with this baby and it was just so wonderful. And then, yeah, he's just gone. Like, just gone for something that I could have prevented because he, it was a unsafe sleep thing. So what had happened was my pillowcase got over his face and what happens with um, situations like that. And I didn't know this at the time, but they breathe in their own CO2. Car- is it carbon monoxide? carbon dioxide which one is it h2o i don't know um <laughs> science is not my specialty my i know i always forget it's co2 it's carbon monoxide so, so yeah because he was just uh yeah he was breathing in his own so that's what happened and and you know they're such they're so little that they can't move their heads and um and they're such in a deep sleep and so wow it's 
but it's not, I didn't roll over him. Um, I, nothing like that happened. Um, just the pillowcase just got, you know, obstructed his, um, little face. And after all that, um, they gave us time with him and, um, and we held him and it, it was weird though, because there was people around like the coroner was there and there was police officers and I was just like, what is going, you know, this is just, I understand now, but, um, at the time I was like, this is weird, but I, you know, we helped, we got to hold him and he was just, even when, you know, when he was not alive, he was just so beautiful. This baby was just the most beautiful baby I've ever seen in my life. I mean, Eli's was really, really cute, but <laughs> was just beautiful. And, um, I could have held him forever if they would have let me, mm. but they gave us a certain amount of time. And, so anyways, the we had to go back to the house with the medical examiner and police officers, and we had to reenact everything that happened. The same day, right? The same day, an hour later. That's... I put him in the bed at around 7 o'clock. His time of death was 9.46, and we were reenacting the bed scene at 10.30. 10 11 something like that and there they i know we talked about this but they still do that today too mm -hmm. which is i'm just like there has to be a better way but i understand why they do it yeah. because but it is at the time it's horrible because they give you a a baby doll mm. to use that and would I like traumatize me yeah i don't well i i guess i've kind of blocked that out because i hmm. don't remember all that I just know that we did that yeah so anyway so we're in Kansas City we don't have our family there or anything um we have you know we have our military family that came over and like the chaplain came and um a bunch of people came over but my mom and my aunt and my sister they all flew to Kansas City that night um wow Kenna's parents got my stepchildren, Katie and Cade, and they drove up to Kansas City and they got there like the next day. The, um, the ER gave me some medication. And so when we, after all that happened, I just, they gave me the medication and I just laid down and I just waited for my mom to get there. Mm -hmm. I was like, I cannot do this without like some family support or whatever. And so, I was laying and I was laying in the bed and my mom and my aunt and my sister, they like bust busted up in the bedroom because there was I had the door closed because there were people there that I yeah. didn't really you know there were army people there um and the, I just I've never been so happy to see Aww. my mom you know or my my aunt my sister and ever yeah, I really remember that first week um, because I they had I was on medication. Um, we stayed in Kansas City for a week. We didn't want to bury him in Kansas City. I didn't want to bury him. Period. I just couldn't do that. So we had him cremated. 
we had, he was cremated in Kansas City, and then we brought him back to um, Alabama to have his celebration, is what we called it. And wow. so it was a week later, and we drove from Kansas City to Alabama, and we had a celebration. And I, I stayed in um, Alabama for about a week. We stayed in Alabama for a week. And then we came back to Kansas City, and my mom came back with us. Thank you so much for sharing. I know that's not easy, and it's it's crazy how, like, grief doesn't get easier. Like, you, like it's been eight years, and I just feel like you wear it differently but it's still so raw like every day especially something like so traumatizing like that but do you how are you bringing awareness to because it was SIDS or is that still what it's called right well that's like it's that's a it's kind of controversial because there's SIDS which is sudden infant death mm-hmm. syndrome and then there's SU SUIDS yeah which is unexpected sudden unexpected death syndrome okay and um they all fall under that category okay every death that is one and under falls under the SIDS category okay but um most most of the most of the SIDS deaths and the SUIDS can be are preventable i'm not not, i'm not saying that not some a lot of babies do die just of SIDS like there's no explanation for it um it they're just healthy babies and something Mm -hmm. happened i have a friend whose um child or baby she he died when they were at a doctor's appointment Mm. and um which was just I can't imagine that, but, um, horrible, but, um, so the SID, they used to put on every death certificate SIDS for okay. anybody died a year and under. So, um, people say, you know, the SIDS death is, the SIDS deaths are coming down, but it's because they're coding them, the medical mm-hmm. are coding them differently. So John Martin's birth, uh, death certificate actually says accidental suffocation mm. in an in an adult bed yeah that's what it says unsafe wow. sleep. Uh, so yeah it's very his is very specific some say undetermined which oh, that i don't know how that would be hard to get mm-hmm. a because i want to know exactly what you know yeah what john martin's death was a hundred percent preventable i will never ever not believe that i don't think i mean he was a healthy baby there was nothing wrong with him it was a hundred percent preventable and i'm the one that put him in the the bed with us so and isn't that something because we had talked before obviously we recorded this is that something that you really struggled with is the guilt from that right was that something really hard for you yeah and i still struggle with it especially if i'm by myself and i'm in my head about head. it um I can go deep too what deep. is what has helped you kind of battle that guilt because yeah that has to be super just that can't be healthy for your brain to to think about that so deep like that what what advice could you give to someone else that might be feeling very guilty as well 
Well, here's the thing. I didn't do it intentionally. It wasn't like I, exactly. put, I didn't put him in there with the intent on him not waking up. Mm-hmm. I was, he was crying and I had this new adorable little baby that, you know, I wanted it him to be close in the bed to me because, you know, he was crying. And when I put him in the bed with us, he stopped crying and, mm-hmm remember just kind of falling asleep and look you know the last time I saw I saw him alive I was just remember thinking this is just the best feeling ever kind of falling asleep um with him you know in the middle of bed and it's not something I did and I have you know I tell myself I didn't do it intentionally it's not yeah so and also with my husband too I've asked him uh, he's always like, why do you keep, why do you keep asking me, you know, mm. but I always ask him, you know, do you not, how do you not blame me, you know, and he was like, well, I probably would have done the same thing if he was crying, yeah. I put him in, in the bed with us, and he's never blamed me. Wow. Um, yeah, and it's so easy for like an outsider or someone else to be like, well, duh, Jennifer, that's not your fault, like you shouldn't have any guilt, but I mean, I, it would be so different if it, you know, being in your actual shoes, like it's just easy for your friends and stuff to say that, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's something, wonder. it's something I had to deal with, um, yeah. with the counselor and myself and God. Mm-hmm. So did you, so you did go to therapy after? Well, okay. So we have TRICARE, which is military insurance and we, it's really great insurance, but they sent us to this horrible like it was like one of those court order counseling places and we went twice and the second time we went the lady was like now what's your story again and we were like this isn't gonna work so um oh my god how embarrassing for her (laughs) right right i know we'll never forget i don't remember her name but i'll forget what she looks like (laughs) We were just like, oh man. So anyway, so I found a counselor like on this Christian website because um, we wanted a, a counselor that, you know, was a Christian. And I found this counselor. She was so wonderful. She's a grief counselor with mental health and things like that. It, and it was expensive. It was the, um, it's just not offered like, you know, the insurance sent us to that horrible place. And I wish mm-hmm. these were more available to people that, I mean, we had family that helped us pay for it because it was super expensive. Yeah. And we went, we went once a week. Okay. Okay. And, and we that start, helped a lot. It helped. Uh, yeah. Big time. Like she had us, um, we were, had to write in a journal. Both of us did every single week. She had us write like when I was pregnant, those feelings I had to write about my, um, his birthday or labor and all that stuff we had Mm. I had to write um and Kenneth did it too we both did and then when we would have our meeting or our counseling sessions we would read them together and she also helped us also helped us in a marriage too because like the the divorce rate of people that lose children is super super high okay and um so she helped with with that too because sometimes it wasn't like pretty because you grieve at different times Mm -hmm. 
with your um with your spouse like i'd yeah. be having a day and then he would be having a really bad day we would it was it's hard to sync up you know but we yeah. had each we, just, we had each other and it's difficult so she helped us with our you know marriage too but, that's um, great advice though like because i was like yeah counseling's good but I think going together, that's really good advice for someone that's in their first year of maybe an infant passing or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we went together and, um, and it was something that we kind of, I won't say I, I didn't enjoy going to grief counseling, but it was mm -hmm. something that we would always like go do something after we would go eat lunch, um, okay. or go to like a fun store or I can remember one time we went, um, to home goods and I had already been to home goods, but it was the first time my husband had ever been to home goods. Okay. Oh my gosh. And we just like, just got tons of, tons of stuff. Like just, and it, so those kind of things were fun. And we were, like I said, we were in, we were in Kansas city after my mom left. We were there by ourselves. We didn't have family. Mm -hmm. so that's all we had was each other. So that helped. I think that helped us a lot. I like that advice too of like, yeah, like the grief counseling is going to suck. No one wants to do that, but like have something after that you can quote unquote look forward to or turn it into more of a positive day. So that's really, that's cool that y'all did that. I was going to say, so one thing, and as you know, I had another guest, Mallory, who just lost her child to SIDS. I guess it's been like six, seven months now. So she's like in the thick of like the first year. Um, mm -hmm. what other advice do you have for someone, like I said, a new mom or infant loss, child loss, or just, I guess, anyone grieving that first year? Well, I'll say the first year for me was not as bad because I had, you know, that first year people are checking on you all the time. I mean, mm -hmm. I didn't go a day without somebody texting or getting two or three texts, you know, yeah. and the people, you know, so that first year to me wasn't as bad. And then I got pregnant in May. Oh. Yeah. I got pregnant not long after. So, um, but that was kind of difficult because of the anxiety. But let me go, I'll go back to your question that first year. Okay. What helped me was um, I, I was in lots of like infant, infant loss groups. There was a huge group in Kansas City. Um, and they would have meetups. You could go to like a little meeting or whatever. And the bereavement coordinator, um, she was awesome. Like, Aww. it was so good. Like, you could just call her and be like, can you meet me for coffee or whatever? Just, she was, I had like so many resources in Kansas City. Okay. I was very blessed with that. I don't think a lot of people have that in their cities. I think if I would have been in a different city because you know, we've moved since then. I've looked for stuff like that. And there's, I have never mm. found anything like I had when we were in Kansas City. There was so much support. For me, being around and being able to talk about um, and being in the same situation as somebody was, was one of the main things that helped that first year. And then we got involved with our church and joined the small okay. group. And the small group was just so wonderful to us. They were just kind of like took us in and, um, and then, um, I joined like a girls group, like for my age. Um, and we all Good had, like, you. We, well, we all had like, this was after Eli was born, but 
or well when I was pregnant actually there's a group called mops and it's called it's like for moms of preschoolers um so I had that group too and um we did we had our military friends were really good and to us and we just it, that first year honestly was not as bad to to me it was when we moved we moved from Kansas City in 2015 to Chicago and I knew we were gonna have to move but I didn't want to, I was like I love Kansas City so much in fact when my husband retires that's probably where we're gonna move back to even though I'm from Alabama but we moved to Chicago and that second and third year is when it hit me big time I don't know why I guess it was because I wasn't around all the the supportive and and I don't mean this in a bad way but your people stop checking on you mm-hmm. you know as much it's almost like and you're like how can everybody just move on mm-hmm. you know you feel like everybody's moved on and um and you haven't you're yeah. still at least for me I was like I felt like it was like old news like my mom dying was like old news and I'm like well it's not old news to me like <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, that's that's right. We're that's on exactly. to the next. Yeah, uh-huh. we're on to the next thing. Yeah, I remember everybody talking about the royal baby when it was born, and oh, my I, that just aggravated the crap out of me. I was just like, but our baby just died, and y'all wow. are like going on about the royal. I have nothing against the royal couple or whatever. They're great people, I'm sure. Yeah, that like aggravated me, but nobody was thinking that in their yeah, head. But that's fine. I mean, that's like grief pet peeves I always talk about, and it's stuff that people would never guess, but whatever. Did you have yeah. any other like triggers with your grief? Like, I don't want to like, I'm trying to think, like, was it really hard, like, getting back in your bed? Like, little things like that. Like, yeah, that just getting back in our bed wasn't as bad but we the house we were in military housing and they actually they were so awesome our housing people they let us move into a new house or a different yeah that was I'm so glad they did that yeah um but we still have our old bed that he died in I know a lot of people have gotten rid of their beds for some reason that that part never bothered me because that's where he was the last place that I, you know, had him. I do have, pro- I, I don't ever sleep in that bed on September 22nd. Mm. I, I never do that. We usually try to go somewhere. Isn't um, it crazy how like certain people with very similar stories have, everyone has different like triggers. Like mm-hmm. you're like, oh no, that didn't bother me. But then someone else is like, I'm selling the bed. I'm never getting back in it. Like, it's crazy how yeah. different everyone is. And like, seeing babies was not a trigger to me I know Mm. it's a trigger to a lot of people it wasn't for me I can remember going to one of the infant loss um, little support group like well we had like a little get together and the girls were just so nice but a lot of them um like I remember one girl was pregnant this was after their they were having like their rainbow babies and these girls one um one of uh, my friends, she had like a three or two month old, maybe a one month old. One was pregnant. One was like one year old. One was like six months old. And they told me they were like, there's going to be a lot of babies here. So I just want to let you know. And I was like, you know, that's really not a trigger to Mm. me. It's 
like a inspiration. Like I can, you know, I can get pregnant again. I'm going to be able to have another baby. And I love watching these girls, their, their kids grow. All of our children, they haven't grown up together, but they're all around like our rainbow babies, Mm -hmm. which is be born after the death of a baby or a miscarriage or, and so Eli's our rainbow baby, but it's so much fun um, to watch them all grow up. I love seeing them all on Facebook and like some of them are like the little girl that was like one month or two months old. She's like eight now and um, wow. Eli's plus six and they've had other kids since then. And it's, I love, just, I love looking at their pictures and their videos and just so happy for them when they are able to have, you know, another baby. Yeah. For, so Eli's your, your son, your second son, and you said mm-hmm. he's six years old, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was your rainbow baby. How did John Martin like affect that pregnancy in those first few weeks with him? Like was the anxiety out of control or was it like that was it Max? Was, it was out of control. It was out of control. <laughs> It was out of control. Yes. And, you know, I mean, you can't, I, I was taking, um, like a S what is it? SSR or whatever antidepressant during my pregnancy. So that helped. It did help. It wasn't like some, it wasn't something that affected the baby or whatever. Mm. So, um, so that did help, but I, I just realized, you know, I can't control any of this. I mean, every little time, um, but my doctor was so great. Now the doctor that I had with John Martin, she ended up having to move. And so she wasn't my same doctor. So that kind of sucked, okay. but I had another doctor that was great as well. And she actually would like, cause you're not supposed to, you only are supposed to get a few, um, ultrasounds ultrasounds thank you but she would let me get them just kind of whenever I would be freaking out so yeah so that was awesome and um she yeah she was great the whole that whole it I mean shout out to University of Kansas um hospital in Kansas City they were awesome awesome doctor I mean to me I don't know anybody else's situation but you know it's it sounds like the most, not the most important thing to you, but what helped you the most is like having good people around you, good friends, mm-hmm. good family, good doctors, good resources, good groups. Like, it sounds like you really use that to, to help with your grieving process. So that's really good advice as well. Yeah. That was the, uh, yeah, the main thing that first year. I mean, it, it really got me through and also my mom being there. Mm-hmm. I think we get this. She was there for a couple of months and she would just, um, make, make me, um, or and well, encourage me. She would get me to get out of, you know, get out of the bed, just like to go to target or to get our nails done or go on walks or, just to you know and that was wonderful like i don't uh, i don't know how i would have survived without her being there um wow you know i had kenneth there and they they gave him like 30 days or whatever but he's the type that just can't sit around so yeah. doing like projects and um stuff like that and he actually ended up going back to work early because he just yeah. he can uh, sit her down or, or whatever yeah. you want to yeah. just sit He's not really, Eli's the same way. He doesn't just like just sit down and chill. Very so often. Does, 
does Eli know like that he has a brother? Like, does Eli know, like, I don't know anything about kids. So does he understand yeah. what like death is and stuff like that? Well, he knows like, and this is probably one of the first years that um, he's ever, I mean, you know, I talk about John Martin all the time. I've talked about John Martin okay. to him always. And he doesn't really get it. Like, cause all he sees is pictures of John Martin when he's a baby, but he knows the difference between him as a baby and John Martin as a baby. Mm. Cause I'm this and he's like John Martin, uh-huh. but, um, we celebrate John Martin's birthday every year and we actually just got finished celebrating it we um went down to the beach where my in-laws live my mother-in-law my sister-in-law live and um I always let Eli blow out the candles of the cake and it seemed like this year he was he understood a little bit more now I don't know how I'm going to handle the because since he understands more how we're going to handle the September 22nd this this month but I never um I always let him see me have emotions and and stuff like like yeah I don't because I want him to be able to talk about it now he doesn't see me cry he'll he'll will say like mom don't cry don't cry so I mean we just kind of take it like day by day I don't I don't know I want him to know about death and he knows he's in heaven with Jesus oh I I love that (laughs) yeah I mean he knows but he, he, he calls him his little brother because he's all he sees him as a baby. And I'm like, no, baby, he's, but so he doesn't really get that part of it because he just sees him as a baby. Yeah. Wow. So we had eight candles. And so he knows that he knows he's six and John Martin now Mm -hmm. would in heaven so he kind of he understands now more so is that that that's one of my questions I love to ask my guests like how do you honor the person that has passed like is that how you do you celebrate his birthday every year do y'all do anything else we usually go on like a little getaway okay like um we've gone a lot of places like um when we lived in Kansas City like we went to where'd we go can Branson or yeah, we went to Branson, and Branson is uh, a funny place. It's just, have you ever heard of Branson? No. <laughs> it's kind of like, like Gatlinburg. There's like all these like um, weird little things that you can do, but it's like in the mountains and stuff. It's really pretty. Fun. Yeah, we've just we always go on usually like little um, weekend trips, and we'll have. A little birthday. We usually always get like a birthday cake. I love that. How do you look at your grief like then versus now? Like, what have you learned? What, how different is it then versus now? Like your first few years versus like being eight years in, how do you like reflecting on the past eight years? How do you see like how you've grown or what you've learned or certain things, triggers that you know to stay away from, like stuff like that? Um, well, I, I'll, I'm like a much more empathetic person now, or, you know, I, that, that is completely changed. It's completely changed like my behavior. I used to be, I don't kind of self-absorbed and, um, kind of thought in the world kind of revolved around me, you know, yes, queen. and that was like a wake up call. I mean, I, I, 
looking back, like I have just, it's been like such a journey, like so much that I've learned about myself and about other people and even like about relationships with, um, with my friends and with my mother and with my sister. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if I told you this, but my dad committed suicide when I was, I'm like throwing this in here when I was three years old. Oh, wow. And so, um, that's really never a grief I ever had, or that's really nothing I ever really dealt with because I was three. Yeah. But your poor mom. Yeah. So we, um, and I have like an awesome, we have, I have an awesome family on both sides. So they've always been real supportive. I've kind of dealt with that grief too, as this has kind of been a journey like with that too. And I've talked with P- I never have talked to a counselor about his his death or anything. Mm-hmm. So my mom and my sister and me are super, super, super close because it was always okay. just us three. But it's just made me like look at relationships differently and value like human life. And yeah, that's been one of the biggest things is just valuing other people, you know, mm-hmm. just it's, you know, people are struggling and you have to like, you can't like fault people for, you know, then you just don't know what's going on in somebody else's, um, exactly else's life. And so it's just made me kind of just like step back and be like, you know, it's not all about me. I'm, there's more people out here that, and of course, like I'm a huge safe sleep advocate. I'm very like, and that's very controversial because people are for bed sharing and I'm a hundred percent against it because I know so many babies who have died and not just bed sharing, but unsafe sleep environments. Okay. Um, but the main thing is bed sharing because so many people, so many babies have died in the, their parents' bed. It's, and everybody thinks it's, and this is what I thought also, that the baby gets rolled on top of. And that's yeah. usually what happens is even like if the baby's breastfeeding, um, the face can get so close to the breast and the mom falls asleep, baby falls asleep. And it's that CO2 that they're breathing back in. And it's a silent, it's silent. It's a, you don't mm. know it's happening because the baby's not crying or anything like that. And um, there's so much scientific evidence that just, um, I, there, I'm on this Facebook page. And anybody that's having a new or anything, joint is called safe it's called safe sleep and baby care evidence based support and they are awesome i mean i encourage everybody that's having a baby or has a new baby to join because i've i thought i knew so much stuff until i joined this board the only safest place for a baby to sleep is in a crib in a pack and play um, in a bassinet, something that's approved that mm-hmm. you know, not something that your grandpa built 15 or 50 years ago, you know, take little bassinet or whatever. That's not gonna, that doesn't work. Um, but people like I've gotten attacked for being a safe sleep advocate. Yeah. And yeah. just a little background for y'all. When Jennifer reached out, that was her big thing was my son died in un- because he was in an unsafe sleep environment. Like, I really want to talk about this and bring awareness to it. So thank you for like educating people. And yeah, like someone who doesn't like me, I don't have a kid, so I don't know anything about that. 
but that's well, a good resource and I'll have that in my show notes as well. Yes, it is the best resource for, for new moms and they can be a little, um, a lot of people like are kind of get their feelings hurt in there, but it's like they're, they're just trying to save babies' lives. I mean, yeah. if you could one baby's lives, your baby's life, you're doing a good job. And just like with us, it was the first time I put him in the bed with us. It only takes one wow. time. And there's a lot of things that I don't even know how they get people sell them. Like there's this thing called a docotot. It's not safe. Uh, a lot of things have been recalled. There's something called the rock and play that has been recalled finally after like 50 babies had died in it. Oh my gosh. And people are still selling that like on Facebook, Facebook marketplace. So I'm one of those, like you can call me a Karen when it comes to sex. No, No, seriously. I just go about, I got, when it comes to sex, if I see that crap, uh, um, a rock and play on Facebook marketplace, I I report it. Oh my God. You go girl. I report it because some people, some people are just don't care, I guess. They're thinking this won't happen mm-hmm. to me. And that's called survivors. What is it? Survivors bias. Cause they're like, well, my baby didn't die in it. Well, good for you. But a lot of people's babies yeah. did. So, you know, go away. But, <laughs> go um, away. I don't, I don't want to like my, my mom might listen to this. I don't want to like, you know, she'd be like, oh my God, you said the F word. Um, oh no. <laughs> I told, oh, well, I, I, um, they needed to realize it's going to be unfiltered, but um, anyway. <laughs> I was like, oh. tell her to fast forward through the first few minutes when I talk about it. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. She's, it's, <laughs> okay. It's, well, I was just kind of joking, but anyway. Um, so yeah, I'm very, very, um, I've gotten super attacked for it, but I also have gotten a bunch of like, um, you know, Facebook messages from people that were like, thank you so much for sharing your story. No idea. Or how can I, you know, what are some things, you know, my baby has been sleeping with me. What are some things I can do to, um, you know, get him to not sleep? Because it's hard to transition from your baby Mm. sleeping in the bed with you all the time to go and to put him into a crib with nothing in it. And people are like, oh, the baby looks so cold or whatever, or they don't look comfortable or whatever. But no, that's how it is. They need to be in a crib, the ABCs, alone, on their back, and C is crib. Or, or pack and play there doesn't need to be the only thing that needs to be in there is a pacifier okay no crib, no crib bumpers no little trinkets or whatever over their heads what are those uh those things called um the bed needs to be away from the wall like a foot or a foot from the bed um because you just, you don't, and it's just like, you don't realize what you're doing in your sleep a lot of times. You could kick something off the bed and end up in the, the bassinet over the baby's face. And Well, good for you for being so vocal and not letting like the hater stop you. You know, it's you're passionate about it. You have a reason to be. And yeah. so it's good that you're like, you don't let those people like, yeah, slow you down. Mm-mm. Well, I, I think I did tell you that we did do a news story when we lived in Kansas city mm-hmm. and 
super, super attacked. It was horrible. It really brought me like super down. I'm like grief unfiltered listeners. Do not attack Jennifer. No, I don't. I think, I think you're fine. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. Just kidding. No, don't. <laughs> no, I think uh, people were just, it, cause it, well, it was on like, uh, like a, one of their news stations in Kansas city yeah. and it was on their page. And then it was on like the news channel and I thought people would be sympathetic. Yeah. A lot. And no, a lot of people were, a lot of people were, but you don't remember those comments. You remember the mean comments, like accusing us of being drunk or on drugs <gasps> or stuff like oh that. My and God. That, that didn't even, that's just something somebody made up, you know, like they were probably drunk and on drugs or, and she rolled wow. over. You rolled over her baby and killed People are her. You so baby. mean on the internet. I know. Sure. It was horrible. It was horrible. So I kind of backed up about sharing mm-hmm. about it. But now, but as the years have gone by, I don't, I don't care. I'm, I, sh- I will share a lot of stuff on Facebook, like articles that I see or um, just reminders to sleep safe with your baby and, I'm sure it gets on people's nerves sometimes, <laughs> the stuff that oh. I share. You know, I try not to, like, overshare. But. Well, if you have, so for the show notes, I'll put, like, that Facebook group. But if you have other articles or anything that you want me to share with the audience, just email me, and I'll add that in the show notes as well. So y'all look out for that. Well, another one is Cribs for Kids. They're great. Okay. Cribs for Kids. Um they actually, they actually um, will help you get like a pass and, um, a pl- pack and play. A lot of people can't afford pack and plays and stuff like mm. that. That's something that needs, you know, they give out um, car seats, give out pack and plays too, you know? Wow. Uh, that needs to be done. And more, um, a lot of hospitals, they talk about like purple crying and which is a lot what happens with shaken baby syndrome. Like I remember having to watch a video on that, but we never had to watch a video on SIDS or anything like that about safe sleep. Well, good for you for bringing awareness to it. Yeah. Thank you for letting me. Of course. I went through, yeah, like all our notes that we have. So is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Anything I forgot to ask you? You know, I do want to just like stress like how important it was for me. Like I know a lot of people don't want to go and get help Mm -hmm. and they don't want to talk about it and stuff like that. And it might be hard for them to talk about. Um, but I just encourage people to do that. Just seek out any kind of like help you can. People Facebook message me a lot and they're like, this, this happened to this girl. Would you, would you reach out to her and stuff like that? Oh so God, that's, that's so nice. Well, I mean, I don't want to be like, I'm some kind of hero or whatever, but it's just, <laughs> it's what the girl, it's what girls did for me when I lived in yeah. Kansas. It's what they did for me, and they were just so great. They're still so great. I will always have that bond with them. Um, Great, great girls. It's crazy. So at the beginning of this year, I had two girls on that babies had passed away as well, and they were in the same group. That's how they met. And they're Mm -hmm. just like, these people were like, 
the bond that will never be broken, like who helped me get through such a tough time. And they all kind of experienced it around the same, you know, few months. Mm-hmm. Um, but it yeah. was the same. It was like a Facebook group. They like have never yeah. met in person, but they're so like close. Yeah. Well, uh, well I have met a lot of these girls in person, but mm-hmm. there's a lot I haven't met in person. I feel like I've met in person. Um, and we're not like super like best friends. Like when I, cause we still go to Kansas city. Um, so like I call them up or whatever. It's just yeah. like bond that I will always have with them because, um, it all happened with ours all happened within a few years of each other. And then, um, we all had babies within a few years or our rainbow babies within a few mm-hmm. years. So yeah, it's just this bond. Like, and I love like seeing them, their updates on their anything in their life. It's just, it's so good to see people doing good and to see their kids grow up and to see them happy. And yeah, but good kind of back to your big point is like, make sure you open yourself up for those connections and to get help and don't just like hold it all in. Yeah. And I understand like why some people, some people just, you know, it's too hard to talk about, but I just was like the complete, I just wanted to like get any kind of information I could about it. Join any kind of, now there's some groups that I've had to unjoin because even in some of those groups where their kids, they're still the mommy, there's a lot, just a lot of mommy shaming, but I just wanted to get, I wanted counseling. Um, and I think that's why that first year wasn't as, it wasn't as tough for me as I thought it was going to be. Now don't get me wrong. It was tough. Like waking yeah. up there, that heartbreak. I mean, you know, like it's like your heart is broken, you know, like you, you know, if you have a relationship in high school, or whatever with um, a guy or whatever, and you break up and you feel like, oh my God, my heart is so broken. Mm-hmm. It's nothing compared to that. Mm-hmm. I, I get why people say my heart is mm-hmm. broken. It's it's, like, it, it feels. It's like physically feel. Yeah. 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 So, um, but so, I mean, I did have some, I did have, like the second and third year were, they weren't that great for me. Like it's kind of like when it really kicked in, I went through some phases where I said and did some things I probably shouldn't have said, you know, just not in the right main, uh, the right frame of mind. Um, Mm -hmm. I take, I do, I do take Medicaid. Like I have a, um, I, you know, and I will say like psychiatrists helped me too. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, I do take medication for depression. Yeah. I tried to, I wasn't on anything right away when my mom died and mm-hmm. I actually regret not being on something before she died. Cause I, my mom passed away from cancer. So it was like a slow death mm-hmm. is what I always say. And I think yeah. I should have, I like, it's not that I didn't think I needed it. I was just like, well, what's that going to do? And now that I, I am on something, I'm like, Oh, Y'all go talk to your doctor. It helps. Like, I know. like having a headache and not taking Tylenol, like you don't, don't have to, but it's like, why wouldn't you? That's an, I'm a huge advocate for medication. Now I'm a Christian, but there are some Christians who are like, you just have to pray that away. You have to pray. Oh, wow. Your and depression away. And I'm like, God created doctor. <laughs> he created medicine. Like chill out people. Mm-hmm. 
I can't pray my depression away. I mean, I can pray, but I can't. It's something in your brain that. Exactly. It's the, it's the makeup of your brain. I just want to go tell those people, like, you go through what I grow, went through, I mean, or, and then you go pray your depression away, lady. I was going to say, it's like, if they haven't, they're never going to understand. Mm-mm. And I'm not one of those people that's like, everything happens for a reason. Uh. Or <laughs> he's in a better place. Well, I know that he's in a better place. Heaven would be awesome to be in. But I think a really good place would be with me. <laughs> you know, a good place. Oh, that would be the best bet for him would be, and me would be, and everybody else for him to be with me. I know so the better place thing. And people don't, I don't, I sh- People don't understand. They don't get it. Yeah. I literally had dinner with a girlfriend last night who just started listening to my podcast and she's never lost anyone. She's just like being a good friend and listening. And she mm-hmm. was like, oh my, that, cause I talk about that almost every episode when people yeah. say shit like that. And she's like, I'm the person that says that. And she's like, and I won't anymore. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my God. <laughs> I was like, hope I wasn't too harsh on the podcast. <laughs> Usually I'm that one that's like, what the fuck? But and I think now, like a lot of my family and friends, mm-hmm. they understand more now. But people just say some of like, "Oh, he died for this reason because you um, wouldn't have wouldn't have Eli if he wouldn't have died." How do you know I wouldn't have had Eli? You know, like I could have had Eli and John Martin. I don't. If someone says like, that to you, they have really big balls. I know. Um, I had a doctor. This is when we, we when we moved to Mississippi. This chick, she is a doctor too, and I was just trying to find um, what's a regular doctor called a piece, like uh, a general doc, general general practitioner. Yeah. Yes, because so I had to find one of those. I was telling her my story, and she's like, "But you have another kid, right?" And I was like, oh, my gosh, she's a doctor. So, anyways, we don't, I, she's not a doctor anymore, obviously. <laughs> but, yeah, I couldn't believe she said that. She has it's, kids, too. It's like people like that. This sounds so weird, but I'm like, what a blessing for you to be that naive in life. Like, I <laughs> wish my life was that, quote, unquote, easy, that that's how my mind thought. Guy on um, Instagram, he says, do less, God bless. Oh my god, I love it! You need that bumper sticker. He has merchandise. I know a new one. I need one. <laughs> Do less. God bless. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you, Jennifer, for sharing your story and being so open. I really appreciate it. So much for having me and letting me ramble on and talk about um, my favorite subject is John Martin. Love it. And safe sleep. Yes. <laughs> Eli, but that's we'll talk about that another day. But yeah. Um, well, and I'm gonna go ahead and I'll tag you. I'll post a picture of John Martin when this comes out, and I'll tag you. So if there's any moms that want to connect with you, I'm sure it sounds like you're so open to them DMing you. Totally open to it. Yay! Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah.